Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, Keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast. They try to play us. Culture. How the fuck you fuck boys ain't gonna act like Migos ain't repping the culture. They rep the culture from the streets. Fuck boy, bow down. Culture out and soon come. Hello and welcome back to episode 95 of the This Unomics podcast. As you can tell by the vocals, Migos and Khalid, we're talking culture this week. Shout out for those listening to previous week's episode on Liam Nielsen's scandal, that idiot, as well as discussions on Patisserie Valeria or Valerie, who got caught basically doing fraud boys, and I think that twenty million was was missing. And this and this was in October. They got caught. Their financial director got arrested. It's been peak for them. They went into administration like. Their company was valued at 440 million before the scandal in October, and they recently got sold to an Irish private equity firm this week for 13 million, which saved 2,000 jobs, which is fantastic. But that just shows the impact of the fraud on them. So make sure you check that episode out. Very informative episode. Um, before I get into this week's episode, a couple of announcements. One, this is live shows in two weeks. So if you've got tickets, go grab that, go grab that. Don't wait on your friend. Grab yours. Wait for your friend. Because your friend will probably do it on a day. Or just grab one for your friend as well. And make them pay you. So the link will be in the bio. You can check that on shubs.com. Links on also my Twitter. Underscore Nomics. As well as my Instagram. At Dishonomics. A more fresh announcement. Uh, me and the great big man use. My pal. We are presenting to you a event. It's going to be a weekly one on a Sunday titled trending every sunday is going to launch on 24th of march so you've got some time you've got like a month and a bit but you want to get your tickets before because the tickets are very very limited so you want to grab that from 6 p.m to 12 so a young soiree in camden it's called jabeto or the gabeto i can't pronounce it man's nigerian so it's only a few quid come the food is good the venue is really nice you'll like it ladies will be very nice for your Instagram and that. So you can come, have some food, play some games, listen to some music. There'll be a DJ, of course. Have a young beverage, meet new people. It will be a great, great vibe. And come and gist with uh, me and Big Man Use. There'll be competitions, there'll be prizes, all that good stuff, and they'll be on every week. So make sure you grab your tickets ASAP because, as I said, they are limited. And Camden's very, very accessible. It's basically central London. Easy for people from northwest, easy for people from east, easy for people from north and south. And west as well, especially people from west. So make sure you grab your tickets ASAP on shubs.com. You can check out Trending Sundays on Instagram. And that's Trending about the G because we are quote-unquote cool. Or you can contact me or Big Man Yus for more details. As regards to this week's podcast, as I said earlier, we're talking culture. It's a bit of a freestyle slash rant slash reflective episode. Talk about the impact, what culture is, how it impacts us, 
how it impacts economics and all that other good stuff. Hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. Peace. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Hello and welcome back. This is episode 95 of the Dysonomics podcast. And I'm talking culture, 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 culture. Shout out Migos. Um, I think culture is very important. This is, it just randomly came to me. I had a discussion with one of my homies, shout out Evie, we're talking about this. And I thought, yeah, this is, I don't know why I don't talk about this enough on my podcast. I believe that culture is something that people often, in my opinion, kind of brush past when they're looking at scenarios and incidents and trends in life. And they're looking at the potential variables that impact those. But we, I believe we often kind of slide past how important culture is. Culture is so, so important in terms of how we operate as human beings in whatever environment that we may be in. What is culture? Well, as you guys know, I like to be specific. I like to have clear definitions. And I want to know what I'm talking about. So obviously, a young Google search, find a definition of culture. So there was two definitions. Well, it was broken down into point one and point two. I like to harness more into point two because I think it's more applicable in terms of what I'm going to be discussing today. But here's the first point. The arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. Point two. The ideas, customs and social behaviour of a particular people in society. So I repeat. The ideas, the customs and social behaviour of a particular people in society. I believe that's a perfect definition when you're looking at culture because I have listeners from all over the world. No, seriously, big man thing from all over the world and people from all over the world. People from Canada, Sri Lanka, Nigeria, Ghana, um, America, Japan, Australia. In all these different regions, people have different customs. They have different social behaviours, different ideas. There is correlation and those correlations tend to happen in regions. So you might see a higher positive correlation in terms of the customs and the social behavior in in Western Europe. You might see correlations in Western Africa, certain correlations in Central, Southern Africa, certain correlations in the Far East, in the Middle East in, in the, and the Far East in terms of Asia. That's culture. And to give examples, I'm Nigerian, I'm Yoruba. We have certain types of culture. So when... Um, if you look at it in a home, the the man is the head of the house. The mother's usually more in charge of the domestic responsibilities. Um, family is a big thing. You respect elders a lot, like to the point of detriment, in my opinion. Like in 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 our culture, as soon as somebody hits old age, automatically they're super wise. Like you have to listen to them, and they'll be talking to you really slowly and telling you. Sometimes they're talking mad jazz, but because they're elder, you have to respect them. Do you see what I'm saying? That's certain, certain elements of our culture. Some elements are positive like respect and being family orientated and working hard like that's a good element in my opinion and some elements are rather more negative whereas sometimes like the women are kind of designed to 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 aspire to be somebody's wife when i feel like you should aspire to be a fantastic person then you can join up with somebody else later but that's a discussion for another day cool so and what what is british culture i'll say 
probably a bit more passive aggressive, um, non confrontational, um, more reserved, super respectful. Like you'll see, um, I remember I was catching a bus to go and after work. So I, this is when I was working, I can't remember, I think I might be working in St. Paul's. And it was one of my boys' weddings, so I had to go and get certain tailored. And a tailor was in Camberwell, so I caught a bus. For, I caught a bus. I caught a bus from Fleet Street. So I walk into this bus stop, yeah, and I'm seeing people queue orderly. I'm thinking, what's going on here? That ain't never happened in Lagos. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, um, alcohol, like being alcohol's quite a heavy part of British culture, sports, music, so. Different cultures have different things, different similarities. They have some similarities, some differences. And I think another element of culture is making things socially unacceptable. I'm not sure many of you remember, this is probably for the older crowd, there's a HSBC advert on telly. And the older crowd probably more used to watching TV as their main source of entertainment compared to the younger generation with more YouTube, Netflix, Amazon based. Like there was this advert where it's like, this is acceptable in this country but here it's not. So I think in a certain country doing um, you, uh, like a, I think it was like a two finger gesture was to say like peace. That was like a good gesture. But I think if you did it somewhere in like far Eastern Asia, it was like an offense. So certain things are socially acceptable. Social things, certain things are socially unacceptable. Like I'm sure we've heard of that. You have to dress a certain way if you're in Dubai. Whereas in Miami, is lit, you get me? So certain things are socially unacceptable in some cultures and in other cultures is not. And that's quite a quick way to change culture by making something socially acceptable or unacceptable. And also there's certain things that kind of have status. So right now in I'll say maybe quote unquote urban Western culture, like there's certain things that are status symbols. Red bottoms. If you're wearing Christian Louboutin shoes, that's a stat symbol. If you have designer bags, like let's say maybe a Chanel bag or a Louis bag or Goyard or Gucci or or Saint Laurent, that is stat symbol. AirPods, even though they're 150 pounds, stat symbol. Eating at certain restaurants like Hakkasan or posing by them STK poles like you're in pen, stat symbol. Do you see what I'm saying? There's certain things that are that give you status, and that's a part of culture. Now, what is the impact of culture? Culture can be so powerful. So, for example, if we take Jamaica, Jamaica has a population of, as of 2017, just under 3 million people. That's like the population of Birmingham, like 40% of the population of London. So Jamaica doesn't have a massive population of people. However, their impacts in terms of in terms of entertainment and art is way, way greater. It's astronomical in comparison to their size. Like, you're, you're seeing how especially those people living in London and in, in the States, you can see how even musically, like a lot of songs kind of have that Calypso, Caribbean, like you're having people from flipping <laughs> Bosnia or Nigeria throwing on a young, a young patois. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Even in slang, like a lot of slang that's spoken in Canada and in some in the States and especially here in London is derived from the West Indies, that region, do you know what I'm saying? So that's the impact of culture. And even if you look at, in America, if you look at America and you're looking at um, African-Americans, hip hop is now the number one music genre in the United States, overtaking rock and roll. Think about the population of America. 
uh, black African Americans make up fourteen percent of that population, but their music is the biggest genre. Like I watch sports, American sports. So I love basketball. I love um, American football. You'll see in hip hop references during games, like commentators are quoting Young Jeezy or Ti. You're seeing if you go to a game, like when I went to LA, we went to watch the Clippers, and it's just. You're listening to Rich Homie, Quan, Young Fug, YG, blazing through the speakers. Even next time you see NBA on TV, just listen to the music in the background. It's hip-hop. Obviously, the majority of the players in the league are of African-American, but still, that shows the impact. And even when I was in even when I was in LA, I'm walking to Walmart and I'm hearing Rich Homie, Quan, and Young Fug. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Like, I couldn't imagine walking into Asda I'm hearing Blade Brown or, or Suspect or H. Maneda. Or one nation, like I wish, I wish it it reaches that point. But that shows the impact of their culture there. So if you look at um, Reuters in January twenty eighteen, um, they published an article and a reference. Um, I think it was Nielsen's music. Um, Nielsen's music, a year end report st- um, showing that there was a seventy two percent increase on the previous year in terms of on demand audio streaming in hip hop. And 10 out of the 10 biggest albums of the year, numerically, statistically, 8 out of 10 of them were hip-hop and R&B. So that included Bruno Mars with 24K Magic, Kendrick Lamar's Damn, and Drake's, uh, what was More Life, which wasn't even a good album, but, you know, Drake's got the streets. And even if you look at, I remember I saw this, I think it might have been SoundCloud. It was a, it was 2016, 2017, and it was, I wish I could find it. It was like a map of America and it was broken down to states. I know we usually see states broken down to red and blue in terms of their voting Democrats or Republicans. This was broken into who is the biggest artist in terms of the most streams. And I'm telling you, like 40, there's like what? There's like 50 something American states. Minimum 44, 45 was Drake. Drake is the most streamed artist in all these states power of culture and even if you look at hip-hop and fashion you're seeing Migos Cardi B Pharrell Williams is big in fashion Pusha T is big in fashion we already know about Kanye I'm trying to think who else Uh, who else is Um, those are the names that come off of my head but you see other artists two chains as well like a lot of artists are quite big in fashion even in even in sport you've got OBJ, that's Odell Beckham. You've got um, Victor Cruz, former Giants um, wide receiver, who's dating, um, what's her name? Carucci. And then you got in the NBA, James Harden, PJ Tucker, Russell Westbrook. Like, hip-hop, sports, culture, all very, very powerful. And that then leaks into the economics. So, how can culture impact economics? Now, I'm going to take Asian Americans. So these are people from Japan, China, etc. Asian Americans, believe it or not, have a higher credit score than everybody else in America. And naturally, people assume that the um, white Americans will have the highest credit score. And even if you look at um, some of the reasons for this, and I think some of these reasons are cultural, African Americans and Latinos are more likely to be credit invisible, like they have like, no credit history, compared to white Americans as well as Asian Americans in terms of 15% compared to 9%. And 
I'm sure some of the listeners can relate who come from maybe Caribbean or African backgrounds. Some of our parents and grandparents and aunties and uncles and great aunts and great uncles have this kind of almost fear of debt. Like we can't, no loans, no credit cards, no debt. We're going to spend what we earn. We're going to be frugal in that manner. So they might not even go to try get a young loan or try register for this or try get credit cards because now we don't we don't do this debt thing. And that is part culture, whereas other cultures may have more of an understanding potentially or just more of a necessity to be have access to credit and that obviously cause build, builds up um, credit scores. And even if you look at um, achievement in terms of jobs in America, like... Believe it or not, the IQs are not that different. Like, intrinsically, black people, Asian people, white people, they're not going to be intrinsically, um, like, biologically more intellectual than one another. It's like, that's not going to happen. So, like, um, I remember the great Thomas Sowell, one of my favourite economists, he was even citing in one of his books that if you look at really affluent areas, yeah, where their man, I don't know, let's say Chelsea or something, where... Man are only shopping. Man are buying their meat from Harrods. Lord, you hear my prayers. That should be me. But let, let's think of the American equivalent. He goes, if you see the IQ scores, on average, black people have a slightly higher IQ in those regions. See what I'm saying? But you wouldn't naturally believe, uh, think of that. So if you look at high IQ, and there was a book from by Richard Nisbet, uh, a professor in psychology, and then he was exploring all these things, and He's like, if you compare Asian Americans to white Americans and you have and you compare them with comparable, more or less equal IQ scores, 55% of these people with these IQ scores that are Asian, Asian Americans, have entered high status occupations. So maybe that'd be lawyer, investment banker, uh, doctor, surgeon, etc. Compared to one third of whites. That's a 20% gap. That's massive. And even if you to succeed as a manager, a Chinese a Chinese American will need an IQ of ninety three compared to a white American will need an IQ of one hundred. And a lot of and when you read the testimonies of a lot of Asian Americans, they reference we just work harder. Like that's what we're on. And shout out my my brother Dr. Lee. He's been on two or three of my podcasts. Check them out. Two on the NHS that gives you good insight in the NHS, and one on if you want to lose weight and be efficient, the best way to do it. So check, especially check that one out because all of us are on our summer bodies. Everybody's going to Ibiza and all them things there in the summer. Cool. He was telling me about one time he had to be on a train, unfortunately for him, Mr. Big German Car Driver. And he was saying that there's loads of school kids, you know, playing with their friends, being rowdy. You know how you expect school kids to be. But he goes, of the one, like... Uh, Asian and that's from the Far East so maybe Chinese Japanese Malaysian he was a one person that was sitting there studying and that's obviously this is just a one isolated incident but this can be an an example you obviously can't project it everywhere else but this can be an example of culture how seriously certain cultures take education not every culture holds education as in as a in, in a similar regard as others not at all. So even if you compare school results, you'll start to see over time, black Africans are starting to climb and supersede other, um, what's it called? Um, 
other um, ethnicities in terms of school results because coming from a Nigerian home, I could tell you, listen, it's book, 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 book. Your parents aren't even trying to hear you want to be a musician or an artist or a shop. Nah, lawyer, doctor, engineer. That's all auntie and uncle want to hear. That's all my mum and dad all wanted to hear. But for me, I kind of slid into that, you get me? Like, but probably now we're seeing, it's probably been with social media and, and now maybe more and more parents are starting seeing the success of other people taking other fields. Um, I'm seeing with black Africans, you're less likely to deviate into other, like they just want everybody to be in these high status, high occupation type careers. And then even if you look back home, if you look at Africa and Ghana, I mean, Africa and Ghana, Nigeria and Ghana, Cameroon, all these regions, you're seeing a higher, high, high level of high, high numbers in terms of female entrepreneurs in tech. Shout out to Abena. Check her stuff out. Um, she gives you the gist on this. In comparison to Western world, you'll see, you will more likely see a black African female student studying chemical engineering, studying, um, I don't know, physics, mathematics, than a white um white um white british um female on average and that's culture and speaking of this um i posted this on my twitter i think the back end of 2018 and it was a lsc analysis called the next step you look at data between the ages of, um between no it was this was done in 2015 2016 and they're looking at the pay for 25 year old men and women with degrees in england and if you look at black African men, they were the third highest out earning Pakistani, Indian and black Caribbean. And if you look at black African women, they were the second highest out earning white Bangladeshi, Pakistani and black Caribbean. And if you look at how much the black African women were earning It was probably slightly more than Pakistan. I'm looking at Bargrass, sorry. It's in around the same region as um, um, Pakistanis and out-earning black Caribbean men as well as black Asian men. This is culture. If you're studying subjects that have higher demand in the market in terms of income, so they want people who who can solve math problems, who who can engineer and build and create stuff, do you gonna be higher income fields and you're gonna earn more. And you're as you're seeing black Africans, especially the especially the women in comparison to counterparts, are outdoing others, and that's culture. That's culture. That's not intrinsic, like it's not like biology, okay, cool. If you're born in Zimbabwe, just because you're born there, you're intrinsic, you're gonna be smarter, you're gonna earn more. No, it's it's a certain culture that's been derived. So when you're in other environments, you operate in a certain manner with a certain mindset. We don't all operate the same in the UK or in London. We still have similarities. We'll adapt or adapt to the culture of London, the city and the country, but we'll still have some stuff from back home. Now, I want to go even to talk about... Um, so some of you may have seen the Steve Harvey thing. And this is Steve Harvey and Monique having a discussion or heated debate. And in fact, let me play the clip right now. Let me we got to flex a different way. We let out me. here in a game. This is the money game. 
This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this is the money, the money game. game. But I, we in the money something. game. And We're you cannot sacrifice yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot help them. We're in the money them, game. Home. But let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. if wait I a minute. crumble, if you my crumble. children crumble, my grandchildren crumble. I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. Now, that was the sound of Steve Harvey and Monique. I believe the discussion is with regards to Monique. She's saying she's been blackboard and obviously she's making noise about it because obviously she's been blackboard. I think something along the lines of she was part of a movie, Hollywood film, and then they were trying to make her do a hell of promotion without paying her. And she's like, hold on, you won't play over people like this. You better run me my pee, dog. And they weren't, and obviously you got the Netflix thing. So a lot of people are like, oh, black people, um, this is this is our problem. We don't stick together, blah, blah, blah. Um, where's the integrity? Um, we need to cancel Steve Harvey, this, that, and the other. And I'm going to talk about cancel culture then, as well as I'm kind of tight in with quote-unquote black culture it's gonna make sense in a minute i don't know i didn't i don't know why i didn't smoothly transition this but i find it interesting my personal opinions on this um i'm more on monique's side because you have to have integrity in life to a certain degree like if you can't stand for anything then that's just jazz to me because then you could just be letting things some things are worth more than money do you know what i mean um and if you can't if people didn't stand up for what was right all in, in all different times of history, where would we be? Where would we be? Oh, I hope my stomach didn't come on the mic, dog. Like, she's being mistreated and she should stand for it just, just for the sake of peace. Nah, she has to call it out. And she might take the L. She might take the L. But guess what? Other, other young actors, actresses, especially um, black women, they ain't going to have to take the L later on because Monique stood firm. You get me? Same thing with Colin Kaepernick. Shout out Colin Kaepernick, who's room, him and Eric Reed. At least Eric Reed's got a team. Shout out Panthers for giving me that contract. But they're rumoured to, to have got the bag of all bags, the Pete Goyard bag, 60 to $80 million, which proves the NFL was colluding and it was bait face. As somebody who watches the NFL, man are calling out people who have not played for five to 10 years and only played three games and they were horrendous to come and play. But they weren't calling Cap who went to the Super Bowl, who's been to championship games, who actually had a pretty decent season the year before he got exiled. So you, NFL don't free up P for nothing. Trust me, these owners, they knew the gist. It was bait-faced. Of course, it was collusion. So shout out Kaepernick for getting his bag. And anybody tried to get onto Kaepernick for getting his bag, no, don't even try it because Kaepernick never stopped, never wanted to stop playing in the NFL. That's why he had the case because they stopped him from playing in the NFL. <laughs> so he always wanted the money so don't ever get twisted anyway back to the back to the point in hand but I do understand Steve Harvey's point in terms of like the, the importance of money and being able to sustain like you can't you can't really help you when you're poor and then this kind of led on to a whole okay as black people we're not united this that and the other and that kind of leads on to Gucci so Gucci had some jumper thing got put online and with like the like the black face and the and the red lips, and obviously the streets are like nah Gucci or Dana here, and obviously certain people are like no, 
So I think T.I. was going off on Floyd. Lots of people going off on Floyd. Floyd was like, hold on, dog. Listen, you lot are boycotting H&M. You're not boycotting anymore. You lot are talking about boycotting NFL. You lot, were, you lot were twerking and dabbing in Super Bowl parties. I know you're at the Super Bowl. So what is it? And you don't want to talk about damage to the black community, but you lot are rapping about guns and drugs and shit. Richie has a point. He has a point in that regards. And I've spoken about this on my gang violence podcast. Like, certain elements are cultural. Why is it that it's hip-hop that has so many negative connotations and it's popular inside the genre? And I'm a hypocrite because I listen to the music too. And I've been, for the last three years, constantly trying to kind of stray away from my gangster rap, rap that relates to kind of like selling drugs and violence, but I'm in too deep. I'm still trying. I go through periods where I stop and then somebody releases a banger, I'm back there, future, I'm back in, but it's difficult. But that is a point. Like culturally, even like, I'm sure us people living in London know that there's certain, like, you can't speak to someone a certain way or you can't look at someone a certain way or do a certain thing to somebody because that means that you're asking for fire, you're asking for violence. That's co- and with other c- cultures, it might not be the same thing. Whereas in other cultures, they might have different triggers, but we have certain triggers, you know what I'm saying? That's cultural and it def- definitely, definitely plays an impact into what happens in the world. And another thing that's cultural is that I believe that as... First, okay, let me first challenge something. Sorry, this is quite a bit of a freestyle. We often say, ah, oh, if you look at Indians, this. If you look at the Chinese people, this. If you look at the Polish people, this. If you look at the Mexican people, this. If you look at the Russian people, that. But then we say the black people. Black includes Africans, which is the the most, the, I think the biggest continent in the world. There's over 1 billion Africans. Northern Africans are different to Western Africans who are different to Central Africans who are different to Eastern Africans who are also different to Southern Africans. So you've got people from South Africa are going to be different culturally to people from Eritrea are going to be culturally different to people from Egypt who are also going to be culturally different to people from Congo who are also going to be culturally different from people from Cameroon. Different regions in Africa. That's, that's one place. Let alone African-Americans. Caribbean people, black people from South Africa and all the various black migrants in in Western Europe. But we all, often always want to have a black culture. When I ask what is black culture, man don't have answers for me. And let's keep it triller. I know what the answer is. Is let's keep it let's keep it true. It is reference to urban African American culture. So that's hip hop and because they're very influential. Like, I said to my friends when I was at university, which was many years ago, this is early 2010, so this is like 2010, 2011, in between 2010 to 2013, I was like, with the rise of love and hip-hop, I was like, this is going to impact people here. People here are going to start behaving like what we see in love and hip-hop. Lo and behold, the dress sense has changed. Whether you like it or not, to me, it doesn't really, I don't really care. It's not my business. Like, I'm a woman, so how women dress is not my concern. Triple drown anyway, you get me. But even the way they dress, like, like for example, the way I'll say ladies dress right now, if they dress that way when I was at university, if got one girl came into a rave like that, she is getting dragged all over Facebook comments. 
But obviously, the swag's changed. So now it's drippy, you get me? I'm not saying that's bad, by the way, before anyone tries it. I'm just saying that's the impact of the culture. And this kind of swag kind of came in from loving hip-hop, then trickled down into um, Insta, Insta baddie slash Insta, Insta influencer. Even, like, in language, you know, how the way we speak, like, right now, we're saying no cap. That came from America. Even stuff like Lit, that came from America. Even to the point where girls are referring to guys as, apologies to this if it offends anyone, as, oh, my nigga. That never used to happen. Girls used to say, oh, yeah, my man. Or my boyfriend. Now like, oh, you know when your nigga, I'm thinking, raw. when did you lot become from Miami? Like, you know what I mean? It's just funny. But that's that's the impact of culture. And I feel like when we refer to black culture, we usually refer to that and with a slight tailoration to whatever region we're in. You get me? And when you're expecting one unified black culture, how can you have a unified culture across four different continents, across like two billion people? It doesn't make sense. So, Sometimes I feel like we're being a bit too harsh on ourselves when we're saying, oh, as black people, we don't unite. Obviously, certain things like bait face, racism, like, come on, this is somebody that looks like you, you should be like, and this is just like, for example, killings of black people by the police in America. Any human being should be mortified by that. But as blacks, you should, you should unite around that. And by and large, we do. But when it's like contentious, controversial situation, there's always going to be a divide to a certain degree. And I think that's because as people, we're from different backgrounds, we have our own minds. Whereas in certain cultures, maybe like in Asia, they have like kind of, their culture is a bit more rigid. So this is how we do things. And those people, and I've seen in my own two eyes, like when it comes to, let's say, this might be pretty contentious, but you're talking about, let's say maybe it's like somebody from India wanting to marry somebody from Nigeria or Jamaica like culturally that might be a big no-no and despite you've grown up with these people you know like it's so difficult for them to shake that culture that cultural restriction and I feel like that may have its benefits so when it's time to get into formation to pan people doing the madness they get into formation like for example in China I think it's Dolce Gabbana that had some something very disrespectful they weren't having it Everything was getting run back, run back to the store. Nobody's going to stores. You, you're, you're being boycotted to death, cuz. And that's a positive element of having that rigid lockstep culture. But a negative element is that you can't really be fluid. Do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like sometimes we're quite harsh on black people within that regards. And then now going back to the some of the there's some negative connotations about black people that just really irritate me like stuff like and I can't remember her name so shout out you I quote tweeted you quote tweeted like some study about oh the negro like the 1950s it's black and white it's talking about we will spend all our money in luxuries don't get me wrong with hip hop culture and then I can relate to Yoruba culture we are image drip or drown FC hip hop is Look at my big iced up chain. Just got a bust down. My girl's the baddest. Or oh, oh, my man's got the most money. I drive a wavy car. Look at my big ass house. Like all oh, my guys are wearing rollies. Or oh, we strictly Gucci. Okay, let me not say Gucci. Strictly Louis. There is that element and that can seek through into us wanting to do styles. But what is annoying is that people don't understand that black people as a whole, we're very, very big. We're very broad. We do not spend all our money on luxury. 
that is a lie. I search and I can't find anything that backs it up. So I want to give you some quick data. Obviously, this is the Dysonomics podcast. And this is from um, Nielsen's home. What's it called? Um, Nielsen's home, home scan, 2017 study. And it looks at um, different ethnicities in America and what they spend their money on proportionately. So now, if you, according to the stereotype that black people, we we spend all our money on, we spend too much money on luxuries and shit. So let's see if we do this more than any of our ethnicity. So that's comparing to Asian Americans, white Americans, and Hispanics. So the black black American black African Americans are fourteen percent of the total population in the United States. So rationally you'll think, okay, cool, every if everybody behaves the same, everybody will spend the proportion of spend will be similar to proportion of your ethnic ethnic group. So they looked at things that were above the proportion of black people in America. So that's above forty percent. And here's what Black consumers dominated in America. Five point four billion, fifty four billion dollars on ethnic care and beauty aids, eighty six percent. Of course, one hundred fifty two million dollars on women's fragrances, twenty two percent. Obviously, you got women like to smell good. You get me. Feminine hygiene, fifty four million dollars. That is twenty one percent. Obviously, we got to keep keep it fresh. Men's toiletries. 62 million dollars 20 percent so one in five yeah we like to smell you know i've got a young dior sauvage in front of me a little valentina a bit of prada home a bit of margello i like to keep keep smelling good personal soap and bath needs 53 573 million dollars so that's 18 or 19 percent you know black people we like to keep you don't want to get cussed out for smelling higgy frozen Unprepared meat and seafood, $761 million. That's 18%. You know we like to cook in bulk for the families, slap it in the freezer, you know what I mean, for a later date. Refrigerated juices and drinks. We love a young juice, 18, 18%, $578 million. Shelf-stable juices and drinks again, 17%. Spices, seasoning and extracts. 16%. Obviously, you've got to keep our food... got to keep that seasoning. You get me? Bottled water as well. Some of us remove bougie with a tap. 16%. I do not see anything to do with <coughs> clothing, trainers, jackets, jewellery, watches. Don't drag it. Don't drag it. I'm sick of tired and I'm sick of tired of seeing them things like, oh, look at the richest person in the room. He ain't wearing designer. I remember somebody said that, look at Mark Zuckerberg. He was wearing a t-shirt and trousers. I forgot the brand, yeah? But the brand, the t-shirt alone, is a plain white t-shirt. It's 500 pounds, fam. No design. Listen, step into a designer store. Don't just think that all designer is is Prince. Step into a designer store. They have also, look at the ready-to-make, ready-to-wear section on the websites. They have plain shirts. They have plain stuff. Step into designer store, B. Like, you you could see somebody wearing something plain, but you don't know that trouser costs four bills and the, and the shirt is eight. Just because it hasn't got a big gold buckle or something. Like, we need to be more reasonable when we're assessing culture. Because we do have strong culture. We still have strong United culture. There's Nigerian culture. There's Ghanaian culture. There's Caribbean culture. 
like Jamaica's gonna be slightly different to people from Trinidad. So I know it's difficult, but I feel like we should be more reasonable in our expectations of having some massive united culture. It's gonna be difficult because you'll have different people from different regions thinking differently. However, said that, having said that, certain things need to get information. So if you weren't getting into formation for Gucci, like you're out here using the struggles and the issues faced by black people as a marketing tool, if you might want to cancel Gucci, I understand that. See me, once I replace my Gucci backpack, I'll join you. Until then, like, hold on, hold on, wait for me. <laughs> but jokes aside, I understand that. That's why I stopped wearing Montclair when I saw what they did. They had gollywogs and stuff. Like, nah, dog, like, you can't do that. I can't lie, I went to H&M the week after because I didn't think it was as that deep. Like, I need socks and H&M was in St. Paul's. I can't lie, I put my hoodie up because I didn't want to get mad. I don't want to be like, ah, oh, can you believe I saw this in my mix in, in H&M? But jokes aside, I, there's certain things that we should probably unite together because whether we're Caribbean, whether we're Southern Afri um, South American, whether we're British, whether we're African, if we were, if you switch each one of us out in that situation, the fact that we have black skin, the same thing will happen to us. So there's certain things we should unite behind. And what else would I like to add in culture? Oh, certain things I'd like to see maybe adapted in culture. So maybe within your Nigerian community or your Igbo or Yoruba community or just your London black people community. Because I think maybe as Londoners, we're probably a bit more in sync Caribbean or African. And also, if you're making jokes about Windrush, you're a dickhead. Don't do that. People who came up in the 1950s, and if you think you're experiencing racism right now, that is 0, 0.00, that is alcohol-free racism you're experiencing compared to what the Caribbean people that came at the back end of the 40s, 50s and 60s were experiencing. Came, built up this country and are being shipped back, shipped to the Caribbean. And you think that's funny? because some Caribbean people might have teased you in school. Yeah, it might have been hurtful, but no, that's disgusting. We should be looking at one people. That is, hor that is horrendous. So this African-Caribbean thing, happy there, that's trash. Trash. Mature, become adults. Yeah? But one thing I would like to see more is collaboration. So don't, don't get me wrong. I am saying that, don't be unrealistic, but there's certain things that I've seen and there's been like Asian people at school telling me this and I've read up on stuff like this where, okay, cool. There's this building. We can make shops out of it. I don't have 25 racks. You have two racks. Okay, cool. I have seven. Okay, cool. I have three. Let's put it together. Let's get some paper signed to, in case things go messed up. You earn this percentage, that percentage. That level of collaboration, I'd love to see more. And that type of stuff was happening a lot with Caribbeans when they first came. And obviously the authorities were doing everything they could to stop it. And we saw something similar in the 1930s in America in Oklahoma um, called the Black Wall Street. I'd love to see more of that here. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. And certain negative elements that are attributed to cultures that could be described as black need to go. Like saying, oh, there's a black business and people are like, oh, people won't support this. No, that needs to go. Timekeeping, all that type of stuff, that needs to go. All these negative connotations, we need to work as people to pound these out of our culture if they are there. You see it? 
And when it comes to like fellow black businesses, I'm not saying support to the point of fault, but it goes, it goes, there's no harm in trying to support somebody that's doing their thing. Because certain community, like I know for fact, Jewish communities tend to be a bit more isolated. Like we only keep our money in here. There's all that stuff about the black pound. There's no real data around that. So ignore that. But it'll be good to see that if we can, like these brands aren't rating us. So there's people within our own communities, within the African community, within the Caribbean community, within the London black people community, do you know what I mean? Are doing stuff. Let's start to kind of uplift them. But I don't mean uplift trash because we live in the UK for the many people listening to it. So we know what good customer service is. We know what good produce is. So don't mug us. Just because you're black, don't try and take us for dickheads. Do you know what I mean? But also don't be trying to ask man for discount and to cut his price when he's just starting his business. Don't be cheeky. You won't walk into Gucci and say, yo, dog, could you like, okay, cool. I know it's 750 for the for the jumper, but can you do a, can you do 450? Don't do that. Respect the thing. But yeah, man. I guess that's it. <laughs> Any thoughts, please let me know, people. I'm very interested. This is an interesting topic. I'd love to let I'd love to hear your thoughts on this culture topic. So hit me up. Don't forget, live show is in two weeks. Don't forget your tickets. Tickets are running out quickly. So make sure you grab them. £15 at onlineshubs.com. Hit me up if you want a link to ticket if you can't be bothered. And also, me and my boy Big Man Yus, we are doing a little soiree. Yeah? From March 24th, it'll be every Sunday in Camden. It is from like 6 till 12. So you can come, you can play games, grab a munch grab a beverage listen to music there'll be a DJ there there's loads of people are coming it'll be a good good fun especially for you people who live in North West London but Camden Central so it's easy to get to from South if you live in like Brixton Stockwell Clapham region it'll take you like 10 minutes on a train maybe 15 minutes if you live in West London like 15 minutes East London like 20 minutes really good location make sure you grab tickets they'll be in the link in the bio and until next week peace Sports Social Podcast Network.